1: I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning as global investors put to bed a bearish first half of the year. Seoul is rallying a bit. The KOSPI is up 0.3%. Sydney is in the green as well, up half a percent. Tokyo is flat but trending downwards. Hong Kong markets close today as the city commemorates the 25th anniversary of its return to China. Xi Jinping leaving China for the first time in two and a half years. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang.
0: Happy Friday, Michelle.
1: And to you. All right, let me ask you this. Are you or your daughter, Ryan, a fan of Hello Kitty? Have you secretly been lining outside (laughs) McDonald's for those, you know, Whoa, that was a long
0: time ago, those queues that made (laughs) the news. Um, My daughter is a big fan of Hello Kitty, among other things. So (laughs) hopefully she doesn't ask me to queue anywhere anytime soon.
1: Oh, she is. All right, I know where to get her for Christmas. Now, the company that makes Hello Kitty is Sanrio. And despite all the doom and gloom that is clouding market sentiment, Sanrio has just enjoyed its best day on the stock market in more than a decade. A day that's so good that Hello Kitty herself may have wanted to show her smile. You know, that (laughs) mouth and smile we never actually see. So Ryan, what prompted all this enthusiasm over Sanrio shares? Yeah, the cat
0: without a mouth seems to be getting quite popular. So Sanrio has signed a licensing deal with a unit of Alibaba group that was part of a plan to expand in China. So with that In the backdrop, it seemed to lift the optimism around the prospects of Sanrio and its shares rose as much as 15%. That was its biggest intraday gain in more than a decade. So that also saw huge volumes being done, more than five times its three-month average.
1: Pretty good year for Sanrio, up nearly 25% now since January and more than 50% over the past 12 months. Now, if we check in on how Alibaba is doing, well, its it's share price dropped yesterday, but it is up more than 16% over the past month. And it's not alone. The shares of Chinese companies like Alibaba that are listed in the US have enjoyed their best month in three years. The Nasdaq Golden Dragon China Index closed up 16% in June. It chalked up again in May as well, although not nearly anywhere as large. Still, this marks the index's first two-month winning streak since Beijing cracked down on Chinese tech companies back in 2021. What is driving this newfound optimism, Ryan?
0: Yeah, a couple of things happening in China. So you have restrictions easing to some extent. You have also what's been playing out in the news, the crackdown. um, Those reports seem to point to crackdowns also easing up that the worst may be over for many sectors. And you also have an improved outlook for the economy coming through from a few data points. The most recent is yesterday's PMI data is best PMI month in four months. So that's in expansion territory. And also today, we might be getting more data on the PMI front. So all these data points pointing to how maybe the Chinese economy may be back on the upswing again. And this will be good news for markets, stocks and businesses. So that's why I think we are seeing quite a bit of optimism coming back into Chinese stocks which are also quite attractive when you look at the valuations.
1: The asset management company Invesco says China tech stocks are among the most attractive in the world. The company's global head of asset allocation research Paul Jackson goes as far to say that if you're going to buy tech stocks it's best to do so in China. So what's Jackson's argument?
0: Yeah, just to give you an idea of the numbers, right? If you look at the Golden Dragon index. That has outperformed the Nasdaq 100 index in the past quarter. So this is a reflection of how much optimism is starting to creep back in into Chinese stocks. And a big reason I think is valuations. And here is where you can look at how that is um, being um how that's performing relative to history. So Chinese tech stocks still look quite cheap if you compare it to their averages in terms of their price-to-earnings ratio. Now trading at around 27 times versus the 10-year average of 32 times. Where you look at the S&P or rather the NASDAQ 100, that is now nearly 20 times, which is in line with its historical average. So based mm. on these valuations, it is looking attractive on top of the fundamental reasons of, or these expectations of how these policies playing out in China could be supportive of the economy and the markets, including the well, divergence away from the rest of the world when it comes to central bank action.
1: Despite the gains of this past month, Ryan, China Tech has had a pretty rough ride over the past year and a half or so, to say the least. Do you agree with China Bulls that it's really time to buy back in? Well,
0: if you look at what's available out there, if you look at the rising industry environment, that is prompting many people to get out of U.S. tech. And if you want to be investing in tech, then the next best thing is going to be in China. Mm. So this is where all the policies are going to be coming into play, where you have the divergence from the central bank and the bounce back in the Chinese economy, which is going to likely favor a lot of these big platform companies, uh, which they seem to have indicated they will start to support because these platform companies are responsible for many jobs and it's not in their um, interest to crackdown on them too hard so it seems like that is also likely to turn around when it comes to the crackdown on these tech companies so with that in mind I guess what goes down has to go up eventually to normalize to those historical levels.
1: All right, let's shift now to US tech companies. I want to start with Micron. It's a major vendor of memory chips for computers and smartphones. Well, the Boise, Idaho-based company has issued some forward guidance about its chip business. Not looking that bright, is it, for Micron, Ryan? Yeah, it doesn't
0: look bright at all if you look at what they've been guiding for and forecasting in the coming months. So what we have is Micron saying smartphone sales are likely to be meaningfully lower than previously expected for the rest of the year. So this is on an earnings call by the Micron CEO, Sanjay Mathurata. So he has indicated that it could drop by around 5% for smartphone unit volume. And this is against earlier expectations of a rise of 5%. PC sales could also drop by around 10% versus last year's numbers. So just showing the weaker sentiment towards gadgets and devices right now.
1: Now, some analysts believe Micron's profits warning could be the proverbial canary in the mine for other tech companies. Why is that?
0: Well, you've got Micron pretty much the biggest or one of the biggest suppliers to many of these smartphone makers. We're talking about Apple, Motorola, Asus. It's a wide range of device makers and if Micron says something may be on the horizon, then all the vendors and suppliers along the value chain are likely to get impacted. So that's also in line with a forecast coming through from people like Gartner. They are also predicting that uh, smartphone sales will also decline. This is also in view of the boom we saw in the past few years. Mm -hmm. The pandemic supercharged demand for devices after the work from home situation. And that seems to be coming off right now.
1: Shares of Micron fell in line with U.S. markets overnight, dropping 1.3%. They're off another 1.4% in after-hours trade. Since the beginning of the year, the picture has worsened. Microsoft, uh, Micron, excuse me, has lost 40% of its market value since January. Microsoft is fine. Micron not alone, though. Big tech stocks like Amazon, Tesla, um, even Microsoft really has just booked their worst quarter in years. Bring us up to date.
0: Yeah, if they were reporting... Their report cuts, these um, numbers would not go down well with their parents. So if you look at the quarter that's just gone by, Tesla sank 38%. Amazon down 35%, the most in nearly two years. And this is after its fourth quarter earnings, very much disappointed investors as revenue growth slowed down. And if you look at shares of Google Parent Alphabet, they were down almost 22%. That's the worst quarter in nearly 14 years. And Microsoft shares down 17%. That is the worst in nearly 12 years. And Apple's stock price down almost 22%. That is after reported light guidance. And pretty much its worst performance in nearly four years. So you've got across the board, tech companies in a bit of a slump.
1: I want to turn to Facebook's parent company, Meta, now. In an internal memo, Meta has warned its employees to expect a rough second half of the year as the social media giant looks for new sources of revenue. So Meta has been hard hit by Apple's privacy update last year, which decreased its ability to target ads. How exactly is the company compensating for this?
0: Well, it's going to have a tough time trying to do so. So what's happened is Facebook released an internal memo for its employees to tell them what to expect. And it is saying, expect a tough second half of the year and maybe even more because of all the challenges it has to overcome because it can't target consumers with its ads as much as before. So it is saying, serious times are here and the headwinds are fierce. So pretty much underscoring how these challenges are not going to go away anytime soon. And it's been, no. Reflected in many industry commentaries as well, where the tech industry has been just talking about being more prudent after the boom years, some of them overexpanded, became quite um, over-ambitious with their growth targets, and now they have to curb that optimism in view of what's around the horizon. People have been talking about slower growth, and this is now reflecting with what Facebook is now saying. You know? Don't expect your teams to get new engineers or budgets. So that is going to be... Mm, um, a tough year for Facebook. What do you think of
1: their new strategy? Well, it
0: is something they have to do long-term to build the fundamentals of a new business model almost because um, what they are doing right now is to pour their investment money into things like R&D, AI, things that will power the new landscape of advertising. So they have to, in a way, buckle down and spend now and suffer some pain now in order to grow stronger. So this is also in view of how we've got you know, recessions or the talk about recession coming up, consumer spending may be down. So they have to find new ways of getting new revenues.
1: Indeed. Two more headlines I want to go over before we check in on the markets this morning. I'm Michelle Martin together with Ryan Huang for some interesting news for you drivers. Apple is coming out with a new CarPlay feature. It's going to allow car owners to pay for petrol from your driver's seat without leaving the car. Have you seen this? What do you make of it? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Apple
0: making it easier for you to spend money. <laughs> so what's going to happen is um, when you get into an Apple car or a, a car dashboard that's being operated by Apple, you can click on an icon or a button for you to drive your vehicle into a store or at least a kiosk to get your field needs. So pretty much doing all your transactions over the dashboard from the screen without having to touch the petrol kiosk, at least on the payment side. So you just have to drive up to your kiosk, eventually Mm. pump the gas and walk away. So all powered by... dashboard as the new interface
1: you can expect more fuel apps i guess with different companies coming forward this is set to launch over in uh in the fall in the u.s i cannot wait till it comes here to singapore
0: yeah i'm not sure if we really need one yes we do how hard is it to use the kiosk machine
1: i don't even you have to walk in and then line Mm. and then present your cards and you know make payment there it it can be a long time so i mean this is going to save a lot of time i'm sure a lot of drivers are going to cheer this next up not so pleasant news this one belongs in the crime pages really the u.s federal bureau of investigations has added a woman known as crypto queen to their list of the 10 most wanted now her name is ruja ignatova and she allegedly ran a huge crypto ponzi scheme how much money is she reportedly swindled
0: it's a big sum, 4 billion US dollars at least. So like you pointed out, she has made the list the dubious honour of being the only woman on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. So one coin, pretty much like you pointed out, a Ponzi scheme, just a way for her to make all these monies from victims. And how it works is it encourages people to sell the idea of one coin to other people, and then so on and so forth. But then the one coin itself was worthless. So a big Ponzi scheme. She's been on the run since 2017.
1: All right, you know her name, Ruja Ignatova, crypto queen, now one of the 10 most wanted fugitives. Investors being swindled always in the news. All right, I want to turn now to check in on markets, US inflation. Let's take a look at that. US markets have closed out their worst half year in decades. The Nasdaq fell 1.3% overnight amid signs that inflation is still running high in the US. Now, a closely gauge of closely watch gauge of prices that is tracked by the US Federal Reserve clocked in at 6.3% in May. Are there signs that consumers are spending less because of higher prices? Well, there are certainly
0: signs that consumer spending is weakening. So if you look at the PCE uh, index, which tracks consumer spending, like you pointed out, it rose 0.2% in May. And when you adjust it for inflation, it becomes a decline of 0.4%. So that sluggish number was weighing on market sentiment overnight. And the PCE data also included the core inflation gauge, uh, which the Fed reserves closely watched numbers for guiding policy. That was milder than expected, but still near 40-year highs, rising 4.7% in May, less 0.2 percentage points from the prior month. So that is the latest round of data showing how consumer spending is weakening. On Wednesday, we had the first quarter GDP numbers revised downwards. So all in, Mm. the consumer in the U.S. is now facing a lot of question marks. Are they willing to spend? So, with all the talk about recession, they may be starting to um, tighten their purse
1: strings. There are also signs that one item driving inflation, oil prices, maybe falling back a bit. Oil marked its first monthly decline of the year in June as higher output by OPEC Plus helped stem oil's rise. So, a barrel of Brent crude still trading around $115 U.S. Dollars. West Texas crude selling for $106. a hundred and six dollars Straits times index is in a technical correction it fell one percent yesterday to 31.02 it's currently more than 10 percent off its april peak how's the sti trading this morning ryan
0: okay a bit of a recovery right now for the sti in line with the rest of the region which is in the green so asia shaking off the negative handover from wall street uh, at least for now Right now, STI up by 0.5 percent at 31,16. Um, if you look at the 30 constituents, you've got only three counters in the red, and they are Jardine Matheson Holdings up 0.3 percent, or rather down 0.3 uh, percent, not too far behind, City Dev down 0.3 percent, and DBS down 0.1 percent. At the top of the table, Wilma International up nearly. 2%, and you've got five stocks up at least one percent, and they are Yang Zhejiang Shipbuilding, SingTel, Fraser's LNC Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, and Capo DC REIT. Investors will also be digesting the latest URA numbers for private property prices for the second quarter, and that has risen by 5.6 points to 174.8. That is an increase of Three point two percent faster than the increase of zero point seven percent in the previous quarter, and that zero point seven percent increase in the previous quarter, bear in mind, was the slowest pace in almost two years after cooling measures were uh, announced in December. But now it's back up again, three point two percent. So something I think um, that could be playing for property developers.
1: All right, thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM.